Welcome to Carrying Wayward, a supernatural podcast for fans who aren't ready to let go, and newcomers to the series who are ready to jump in. I'm Drew Shulman. And I'm Marie Vigourou. In this episode, we're joined by Audra, Jason, and Matt of the pop culture trivia podcast, Gate Leapers. And together, we're diving into Supernatural Season 5, Episode 8, Changing Channels. Let's get this show on the road. Welcome, Gate Leapers. We're so glad to finally have you on a regular episode. Uh, I know Audra's already been our first guest on my uh, <laughs> surprisingly well-received, uh, you know, it's quick not, episode. It's not surprising. You are a wonderful host. And it was well, I was going to say, you're right. It's good. not surprising. You were an amazing guest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did my kind of see that that probably would come back at me, someone who is not good at taking compliments. But it was worth it <laughs> to compliment you. We've complimented each other. Deal. Well, really I will compliment the both of you by saying that it was an excellent mini-sode. So great job, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Really establishing the tones of our two shows of just, we're nervous millennials slash <laughs> who, who don't want to have hot takes and I just want to compliment each other and have a good time. Wait, Toba, I've got all the hot takes already for this episode. I've got so many hot takes. I'm boiling over. I Good can't on wait you. to hear all of them. <laughs> now, before we get started with our hot takes, our, our very lukewarm takes, uh, let's do a really <laughs> quick roll call uh, because it's a bit crowded in the Impala today. Mm. Um, Matt, can you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm Matt. I'm the self-appointed games master over at the Gate Leapers <laughs> podcast. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess in regards to Supernatural, I'm pretty new to the whole thing. I've watched the first season and a half due to being married to Audra. Uh, <laughs> so that kind of comes with, with Supernatural. And yeah, I've watched this episode. But apart from that, I am clueless to the, to the exploits of Sam and Dean. So, Well, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we've discussed in the past, you do have passing knowledge. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that, thank you for referencing one of our format points. Uh, <laughs> I knew I had to at some point. <laughs> Audra, would you like to take a turn and let us, uh, our listeners know a bit more about you in case they haven't listened to our mini so together? Yeah, I'm Audra. I have watched, I'd say, I thought that I had seen up to season nine of Supernatural at least once. And then I started looking through summaries. I've, I've seen past season nine. <laughs> and, um, really enjoyed it. Was very, was very big fandom wise um in college at university so i had i had a sam winchester blog uh on tumblr oh. i'm now now a dean girl it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's the evolution of the dean girl for me like i love it genuinely yes. <laughs> and last but not least jason what about you yes i'm also a co-captain on the show gate leapers and i Know more about this show than I think I care to admit to myself. I'm definitely a Dean girl. Been a Dean girl since day one. Been OG a... Dean girl. OG oh, yeah. Dean girl. I'm also a Dean girl for what it's worth. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, see, I talked about oh, this no. on our yeah, I, I talked about this on our episode of Gate Leavers where you guys featured. Uh, I lost interest in Sam when he became a a, a ripping hormone monster after season four. <laughs> he got like all demonized, and he was just ripping into like, other demons sexually like, and no, it, was, no. it was a lot for me at a young age not my soft boy yeah, <laughs> yeah no not i do soft tallest bean tallest bean oh for sure no i i honestly totally get it like that was i think a hard time even for the like most hardcore sam girls out there so i guess i should wrap up and let our listeners know for those who don't uh, together, these lovely three make up the Gate Leapers, a pop culture trivia podcast where every second week they dive into a different fandom with a special guest who is involved in that fandom. And if you have not gone to their feed to listen yet, Mary and I were featured on a lovely episode about Supernatural. I have since returned and have uh, future returns planned already. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm a little addicted to being on your show, it turns out. <laughs> well, that's, that's good that you are because you're a fantastic guest. And yeah, absolutely. That episode, it's obviously for anyone listening to this podcast, that's the episode to check out. But also, it is just one of our best episodes in general. So, 
<laughs> it was honestly so much fun recording with you guys. And we're like, I don't know. I'm speaking for Drew, but I know that he feels the same way. Uh, we're, we're super happy to have you on uh, Carrying Wayward. So, so happy to be here. Yeah. Are we ready for the recap? I am. Oh, oh yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, let's, let's see this live. Yeah. Uh, somebody want to count me down? Anybody from the Gate Leapers? Jason, you, you, you you're a showman. Baby, do it, do it, baby. You Ca- got to recap. What is this? Is it, is you, you it like, does it count down? Does, did, you oh. forget, did you forget your numbers? I've been drinking. That's not a format of this show or the Gate Leapers. It's just a fact. Uh, <laughs> but what is this? Is it like Drew does it very poorly or do he does it quickly. the best no, he quick, can? No, quick recap. Quickly. Ah, Drew. Get your, get your, get your, get your, get your stuff to, together, Three, two, man. one. It's literally That's three. all that's being asked that's of you. <laughs> I do this a lot of gate leapers. Three, two, one, go. Brothers are dealing with a case where it looks like some bear may have murdered somebody, but then it turns out it wasn't a bear. It was the Hulk, specifically Lou Ferrigno Hulk. So suddenly we're in a world of, this is a weird place to be. Something's going on. And they decide right away, it's probably the trickster. They're right. And their plan is, let's, you know, befriend the trickster and maybe have him help us beat Lucifer. So they go to look for the trickster. The trickster traps them in TV land, where they're now stuck reliving uh, parodies of popular TV shows or popular commercials we might know. Um, This includes being on Sexy MD, their own version of uh, Grey's Anatomy, a Japanese game show where they get hit in the nuts for not answering trivia properly, uh, an ad for a herpes medication. And then even like a full house style intro to the episode, the whole thing is magical. And it seems like such a fun throwaway episode until it's revealed the trickster isn't the trickster and is actually one of the archangels and has been one the entire time, which shocked me. And we get this huge <laughs> dark revelation that he's just trying to like end, like get this whole thing over with um, time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What do you guys think? Was it was it accurate? That that's yeah. pretty much all of it, right? I forgot that's pretty the much all of it. part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was Honestly. clearly crucial. Yeah, yeah. it came back. I it mean, came back in the third act. <laughs> yes, disappointing that we didn't get to see it. Disappointed that they would make references to Edward Norton. Well, that they didn't hire Lou Ferrigno. That's what you disappointed. I just, I, I'm really shocked too. I figured it was like, what a weird call. Unless you have Lou Ferrigno as a guest star, and then yeah. don't. Oh, disappointment. Goddamn I think it was, again, boss. like to try to show a little bit of Dean's like pop culture knowledge, you know, like a, mm-hmm. a, they yeah. love a good pop culture moment on Supernatural. True. That, that, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Lou Ferrigno Hulk is like peak Dean as a kid watching TV. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, just again, so f- to explain to you guys, but also to uh, our listeners, we watch this episode live with our patrons and the moment <laughs> where it's revealed that, you know, the... <laughs> <laughs> the trickster is Gabriel. I think, Drew, you were kind of not in disbelief. Like, can you walk us through your feelings? So what happened was I had the realization of like, oh, shit, this isn't the trickster. This is an archangel. And that's the big twist is we thought it was the trickster and it wasn't. So I'm waiting for this reveal of him to like take off the disguise and see who is the archangel only to find out that it's been an archangel the whole time. There never was a trickster. The trickster was just a fake persona he put on. He himself was the archangel. <laughs> just like the realization took like, it was like multiple steps. It was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good pause. Good it was pause. a beautiful crescendo of emotion, yeah. frankly. Like, the foreshadowing think, of it too. Because when he's the trickster, he has like very brunette slicked back hair from memory, right? But in this, mm-hmm. he's got luscious flowy volume volume angelic hair. Hair. yeah angelic yeah. hair he's very attractive his his five o'clock shadow is very purposeful this time you know mm-hmm. yeah, i always thought he was good looking but in this episode he does juice it up you're right oh for sure they I knew what they were doing they yeah, knew what they were doing multiple <laughs> times during the doing. episode him alone very attractive man him next to dean and and, and jared padalecki uh brutal <laughs> <laughs> brutal to stand next to them <laughs> i think i think this this show they just hired all the attractive people that they could find just that's a cw you're 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 in the background you're gonna be hot Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i mean they have to they're competing with jensen ackles and jared padalecki and misha collins right so Mm -hmm. there has to be a certain level to upkeep i guess like like the assumption being is like they've set the bar this is like if not standard just slightly above standard is the two of them so the rest of the world has to kind of like yep. raise its level. Yeah, these are just two normal brothers that you're supposed yeah. to relate to. Oh, There's but they're just... also tens. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> and keep in mind that <laughs> keep in mind that Richard Spite is um, five nine, I believe, or five oh, eight. Me. Oh, me. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, considering that uh, Misha, I think, is six feet. Jensen is six one, six two, and then Jared is like a giant, twelve feet uh, tall. Yeah, he, he Jared looks is literally tiny grinding bones to make them. his bread for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the long game really quickly uh, because we want to keep as much time as possible for story time. Um, And seeing as we're also skipping critical time altogether, uh, let's just say right away that this episode was written by Jeremy Carver and directed by Charles Beeson. Two names I love to hear, so good with me, and they clearly did a good job. Absolutely. So I am obviously going to have to mention that Dean is being his usual bisexual disaster, very awkwardly crushing (laughs) on Dr. Sexy with the cowboy boots. Oh, gosh. Yeah, like, I know they're trying to get it to play off as, like, oh, he's secretly a fan, but, like, they're secretly a fan, and then they're secretly a crush. Yeah, mm-hmm. his fan girl is showing. The way yeah. he pushed him up against that wall, I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the, it now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. For me, it's the moment where he turns to Sam and he goes, it's him. It's Dr. Sexy. (laughs) It's just like there's no more air, you know? There's no more blood in his face. It's just... There's Dean's mental Rolodex of like, which fanfic is this? Which one am I I in? (laughs) I really didn't watch this show ever picking that up because my gaydar is super bad. Uh, But watching this episode, I was like... Oh, it's super apparent. My God. (laughs) Uh, It was really nice to see Dean get flustered because, you know, we talk about roles a lot in this episode and and Dean Mm -hmm. typically is very take charge. Even if he doesn't know what he's getting into, he's like, this is the plan and we're doing it. And to watch him go, I, what what am I doing? Am I a doctor? I don't know how to address you is like, wow, you are super (laughs) gay for this guy. Like you are into (laughs) it. So, uh, just seeing submissive Dean was nice as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as if we didn't see enough of that in the show. Sure, sure. Uh, this is also the first time we hint at Dean's love for everything cowboy, and that is something that's going to come back during the show. You know what? Like, I feel like you say that now, and I feel like it's always been there. Like, I don't think this is news to me, but I don't know why that would be the case, other than just like it just seems to be like. Like, I feel like you meet Dean and you're like, yeah, that's a dude who's into cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> but is this is this cultural, like, fandom osmosis? Or is this, like, something that you picked up from watching the show? I, I want to say a little column, a little column B. Okay. And I think it might be more, like, I think it's, I think, yes. Like, I've seen other fandom stuff where, like, there's cowboy vibes. But I really think this is just a, like, if I met someone like Dean, I would not be shocked to find out they were into, like, cowboy stuff. Yeah. And... With a lot of the stuff of him, it does seem like Dean would be super into pick a hat. Like, are you the white hat and you're the good guy? Or are you the black hat and you're the bad guy? Um, and you want want to be able to see things in that way. And so cowboy vibes is something that might appeal to him. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to remove a little bit of the gray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As yeah, long as that, sure. as long as that hat's 10 gallon, that's what, that's what matters <laughs> to him. <laughs> Did I get that I right? Is that, that the cowboy that, hat? Did I get yeah, your I culture right? Ten, I yeah. think it's a 10 okay. gallon. <laughs> Not our culture. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> we'll defer no. to the Americans in the room. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, how many liters in a gallon? <laughs> how many liters in a Mountie hat? Oh. <laughs> We're so many kilometers our, away from you guys. Our Mountie hat comes in bags. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this episode is also very meta, and we'll be talking about that in story time a little bit. But one example is that Dean points out a character on Dr. Sexy MD who's a ghost, uh, who's in a relationship with one of the doctors. And if we assume, I think rightly, that this show is a spoof of Grey's Anatomy, then that character is actually Denny Duquette, who was played by none other than Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, oh, wow. Good reference. <laughs> Yeah, wow. you're Layers. talking to a Grey's Anatomy fan as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That again, a show I watched up until I think season four or five and just fell off the boat. Uh, it was the one with the guy who had a missile in his stomach that blew up at the end of the episode. I was like, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> How do you yeah. top that sounds missile like a in Supernatural episode as well. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I believe it was a, a hand grenade, Drew. <laughs> oh, no, because I remember the guy walking away with like the full-on bloody like rocket launcher oh, missile. Yeah. Yeah. And he blo- the the poor bomb too. squad guy leaving with it blows up. Yeah. 
so the big revelation of the episode is that the trickster is actually the Archangel Gabriel. We've talked about that. Um, and Gabriel says that the reason that he's been impersonating a trickster is for his own personal, and I quote, witness protection. And we're going to keep that in mind because that is going to come back in future episodes as well. Yeah, I think I, I think it was very clear from the way this episode goes that we were going to get more of uh, the Archangel Gabriel. They weren't going to end him here. But I'll be very intrigued to now get a proper Gabriel episode versus a trickster, oops, it's Gabriel episode. Like, I want his first episode as himself, finally. Yeah, I mean, that's going to, that's, at this point, they've introduced him. So they yeah. hopefully they're going to use this character to the fullest. And the last line that I want to highlight is from the moment dad flipped on the lights around here, we all knew it was all going to end with you always. Ominous much? And I believe last week's voicemail discussed this always being you line being very mm. important through line in the series now. So mm. I've been made aware to pay attention to it. Right. <laughs> but I also like the idea of just when dad flipped on the lights. <laughs> like I, what yeah. a way to like what a way to take the famous like let there be light and just be like, turn on the light switch. Yeah. This is what it does. But if you've <laughs> been there since the beginning, you're gonna be a little flippant about it. That's what oh. I love. That is very I true. He's my dad. He's my dad. He turned on a light switch. Yeah. Can we call him? I was just thinking, dads are normally trying to turn off the light switches, right? And then I was like, oh no, he's talking about God. He's talking yeah. about God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do love insert, that language. Of insert joke here about God trying to save energy and causing an ice age. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there's, there's something brilliant in that. There's Who touched my thermostat? Ice. <laughs> I, I well, like that. It's like that, that TikTok already. about the dinosaurs. <laughs> meteor? <laughs> Make them meteor. A meteor? No. <laughs> wow, what a, that, that one hasn't been relevant in months. Yeah, I know, sorry. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> Classic. <sighs> Jason, I think you had a point you were going to no, say. It, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, we can edit it out. I was just trying to signal boost The, the point is, no, it's, it's all right. We can move on. Okay. On this, shall we all head over to story time? Yes. All right, so today our theme is identity. And the word identity comes from the Latin item, uh, which means same. Uh, so now I'm not going to lie, this kind of threw me for a loop when I first found out about it, because when I think of identity, I kind of think of a quality of uniqueness, like what makes me me is what gives me my identity, and that is how I'm different from other people. Um, so to find out that originally it spoke more to sameness than to uniqueness was kind of surprising to me. So I think it would be a cool thing to kind of keep that in mind when we're talking about the episode this week. And for our listeners today, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. We usually ask ourselves like how the brothers and the other main characters in the show experience this particular theme. And we sort of methodically go through each character's journey. Now, today we're going to have our very own talk show uh, where <laughs> I have some questions ready for you all and we can reflect and discuss uh, these questions together. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I I guess we're gonna start with like a the biggest or like the 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 main question for me is like what do we learn about Sam and Dean's identity in this episode? Do you guys think? Well, I mean, we already kind of touched on the first one, and it's we sort of learn a little bit more about like the Dean we don't always get to see. I mean, like it's yes, played for the joke that he's a fan of this dr sexy md show but like we learn what kind of like we all know that kind of person who's like a fan of a series and knows all the lore and is like very invested in it like that's what a lot of us are in our own mediums that we follow mm. so to know that dean has that fandom side to him is like a really fun thing to learn yeah very much so help me connect to him for sure <laughs> <laughs> i think he's a nerd just like us <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> I think exploring this this theme is especially good to go through TV tropes and be meta with it to be to say things like I hate procedural uh, cop shows and so on and so forth uh, because we're looking at two very stereotypical TV characters, uh, which is fine as well. Like I think injecting a little bit of our show into this, it's totally fine that they are. Uh, you know, whatever duo cop buddy structure, two brothers, kind of like an odd couple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's that's Type super fine, brothers. and they make it their own, and and that's what we love about them as as individual characters. Uh, 
but little things like uh, when they start wh- uh, quipping at the at the mm-hmm. dead body, yeah. and Dean is so much better at it. It's like Dean yeah. is so much better at it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, God, Sam's are like Sam's on it, but Dean's are like another level of clever. <laughs> But Sam is more into it, though. Like, while Dean yeah. is better at it, Sam's the one hamming it up more. I, I think <laughs> that yeah. is what my um, comment on what it says about Sam's identity would be, um, is we can do a um, Edem same thing on this. Probably, I don't want to jump to conclusions, maybe why he's more of a Lucifer vessel in the sense that he was immediately like, let's lean in. It'll be easier if we mm. lean in. Yep. Mm. Like, oh. let's play along. That's um, very Lucifer like, energy. Like, I know it might be dangerous, but or like, this is kind of a, we'll get out of here if we just play along. Yeah, and he's also the one who suggested that they do that specifically to be able to talk to the trickster to try to get him on their side, right? So mm-hmm. there yeah. was strategy. He was strategizing already on how like to try to plan their next step. Whereas Dean was just like trying not to get hit in the nuts, right? Like that was his main concern at the moment. Yeah. And for most men, that is a pretty big concern. (laughs) I was going to say, granted, it's a fair one. Um, But we can see that there was a different kind of way of thinking there. Mm -hmm. Like, so I can kind of get what I want if I just lean into this type of Mm -hmm. a situation. Oh, that's such like a malicious like way to think of Sam, but it's also so accurate. I love it. But then. I don't want it to be. I do love Sammy in my in my heart of hearts, but it is like a. I wonder. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's a strategist. He's a he's a long game kind of guy, isn't yeah. he? Do you think that's why he was the one who was given the role of the the person suffering from herpes? <laughs> oh, to interesting. Try to test I like that. Theory. How much he was going to lean into it? Mm-hmm. I like be- that because ultimately, I get that like. Sam has done, he's drank the demon blood. He's done a lot. He's done a lot of stuff. But ultimately, if you're asking two people who are like saving people, hunting things, um, if you ask them, cool, do you want to be the sword of God? Uh, Like the sword of Michael, do you want to be that one? Or do you want to, do you want to be the devil? (laughs) Um, You do have to find you do have to test some compliance there. Like, how mm. much are you going to do? Will you right. say you've got herpes for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Sam has touched the dark side thus far in the yeah. show, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. will you do it? You've done it for power. Like, I feel so powerful when I do this. Um, but will you do it with your your thinking brain? Mm. Yeah. So. Oh, I love this. That's yeah. really interesting. I think compounded with that, there's a couple of, like, themes to where is sam the subservient one or the lesser played one i i noticed that when he's he's kit the car uh in knight rider <laughs> it's like that's an interesting of the two of them why would you choose sam to be kit the car and i think of those two roles like dean does typically lean towards like the more stereotypical macho masculine man in terms of his role mm-hmm. on the team uh, of mm-hmm. the two brothers uh, but but Sam does a very good job of playing the sassy robot car. Also, <laughs> him as the car, he is the two things that Dean cares about most in one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. I mean, I guess also that's kind of where the whole like Impala cosplaying sort of comes from in the fandom, because that is a <laughs> that is a thing. That, oh, it's so a thing. Yes. People cosplay as the car. That's yes, pretty, people cosplay. We, we actually met a girl cosplaying as the car at Comic Con this year, and it was yeah. amazing. We have photos. It's great. That is oh yeah, truly inventive. Not a transformer, just the car. Yeah, I'm imagining a car. sort of series of complex cardboard boxes. Would it be along those lines? <laughs> or? Uh, it was like a dress. The back of the dress, like the train Whoa. of the dress, was road. Whoa, uh, had like That's the headlights Whoa. across her chest. Incredible. It was amazing, frankly. There was cardboard involved for sure, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it, was a, it was a great, yeah, structural integrity for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we're talking a little bit about the meta. I think Jason, you brought it up. Um, how do you how do we think about like how the setting of the episode informed the theme of identity? Like because they're going through all of these different TV shows, it can seem like it's a bit confusing. But where 
like where does supernatural land in all of this i love this part of it so much and the, the trickster choosing tv land as the place to sort of trap the brothers and get get them to do what he wants because especially at this point around about 2010 like cable tv tropes are set like tv tropes are just established everyone knows their procedurals everyone knows their sitcoms and so it's a place chock full of identity and tropes so if you're looking to get two people to do something you will put them in a world which i can't think of much else other than tv other than like the Mm -hmm. pages of a book or something yeah where where they would just conform and go with it and accept a new normal so to speak Mm -hmm. and even more so than a book because the long form novel you'll you'll read it through a couple times but with tv shows with sitcoms with procedurals with the doctor shows you hit similar beats yeah like you know your spot Mm -hmm. like this is where the drama comes in from this this is where the drama comes in from that um and it's kind of learned by people to kind of find their place and fall in line and what a horrifying prison as well from like the context of like <laughs> the meta of like one if for these characters to be trapped in shows that we all know the beats of and so might feel repetitive for a while but mm. also on top of that 2010 peak uh supernatural these actors who might feel conformed and, and trapped in the own like yeah like you know like stereotypes yeah. of their own show at Definitely. this point where they're like, yeah, we're in the car and yeah, we talk a bit and yeah, we're hot guys. Like, like mm-hmm. how many years of Comic-Con have they done at this point where they probably felt also similarly trapped and this is starting to maybe yeah. feel tiring at this point. Oh you at least feel like you're right as a self-aware and yeah. like they get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so speaking of self-awareness, like where do you, like, what does this episode tell us about the identity of Supernatural as a show? I mean, I think it almost forces us to look at Supernatural the same way we look at those other shows. Like, we're, we're mm. looking at this... I keep going back to the sexy MD because I think <clears> it's the one we get the most time with. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. And I feel like is the most likely parallel that most of us... Like, I mean, as much as I've seen Knight Rider, I never really watched the show in its mm. entirety or anything. Mm. So, But I've seen enough Grey's Anatomy to, like, get the jokes, get the characters, get, like, the references they're making. Mm-hmm. And it kind of forces us to look at it in this abstract way where it's like look at it in just in just like raw trope form it kind of lets you do the same to supernatural i love it i i think we talked about this uh not to plug this again but on your guest spot on gate leapers sometimes it's just silly you know sometimes supernatural is just silly and i really yeah. like that sometimes it's super serious and that's why we we get really uh like enthralled in the narrative at the at that moment or when the dramatic points hit they hit but sometimes also there's just a guy in a bed sheet in a closet and i cannot tell oh my god i love that joke so much it was so freaking funny i forgot he laughed out loud so hard Uh, we we had to pause it Mm -hmm. like that um but i think the best things are the times when it's both where it's kind of we're silly we're silly we're silly oh it had a purpose i didn't Mm -hmm. didn't that final scene hit so much harder because of all the silliness Mm -hmm. the juxtaposition of those things is just amazing i love it yeah but I feel like even that has become a trope in itself. Yes, it has. I feel like the first Trickster episode, same thing. It's a super fun, silly episode with this crazy heavy ending. Mm. And then I know I've referenced this every time it comes up, but I always go back to the musical episode of Buffy mm. because that <laughs> that episode yeah. is so like, oh my God, it's a silly singing demon who dances people to death. And it was just Xander trying to brighten up the mood by summoning a dancey demon. (laughs) And then we get Buffy's big reveal from that season that is like heartbreaking and like Mm. changes the entire pace of the show going forward. It's like, oh, you you can be silly and still break my heart. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that, man. You know what? If if Star Wars just had an episode or a show. A musical. A musical. Let's write it. (laughs) Christmas special, maybe, uh, where they just made fun of themselves. Oh, how many, how many, how many sweaty nerds would just be in Twitter making just, oh, I'm so upset. Just, just laugh a little. Learn to laugh at yourself and and know the thing that you like is dumb a little bit. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think I think that the reason why we love it so much is because of its self-awareness. Like it yeah. knows that it falls within one of those things and that if any of these other shows were to make a similar episode, there would be like a 
couple of minutes dedicated to Supernatural. And that's actually an exercise that I've been doing slowly but surely. Like I've been rewatching a lot of shows lately that have aired in the same time as Supernatural. Mm. And you can start telling like what show is influencing what other show because like every big every big show that was running during that time has like a supernatural episode every one of them has like a bones episode a house Mm. episode like and you start seeing those things over and over again and i just find that so funny that supernatural basically was like yeah we know who we are and we're gonna (laughs) like show you exactly who we are like Mm-hmm. We're we not see what you're doing, and we're we're on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just I love that. A person that. would dress up like a car, uh, as like if they weren't the fandom that knew that that was silly and funny. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So we haven't talked about cast, and as a <laughs> as a as somebody who is also a cast girl, I'm sort of wondering about <laughs> like, do we learn anything about Cass's identity in this episode? I, I have one sentence uh, <laughs> yeah. just because this, this episode for me was mainly about Dean and Sam. Uh, yeah. But I, I just wrote without much context of the rest of Cass. Uh, he's a loyal and helpful man. <laughs> Good sentence. He has major golden retriever energy in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, absolutely. yeah, because you you've only seen one and two. And yeah, so- this is pretty much my <gasps> only Cass experience. <laughs> This was your introduction to Cass? Yeah. Oh my goodness. What a good guy. He'll that, he'll try and fight through anything yeah. to get to the get to the brothers. Yeah. It's great. He's what that a good guy. Rings yeah, true to, for a while. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he'll do anything to get to both of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm not in the know about something. No, that makes yeah, me uncomfortable. Guarantee you, guarantee you Sam was trapped alone, Cass would not be showing up. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, oh, what the Sucks to suck. <laughs> yeah, come to think of it, He'll he did. It. He did look towards Dean first when he appeared mm. in that warehouse. Yeah, yeah. They have a they have an interaction somewhere where they're like, uh, Dean's like Cassie, all right, and he's the only one that says that, and, and Cass responds. <laughs> um, is this one of the first episodes where we kind of start getting the hierarchy of the angels? Uh, we do get an idea. We do talk about archangels before this, uh, as early I think as season four. Because okay. they meet Archangel, ooh, I can't remember, but they do meet another Archangel. But I think, and that's Jason's in Free to Be right. You and Me, actually. Mm. But I think Jason's <laughs> ranks. I think this is the episode where they kind of reveal the like that they're actually like brothers. That there's actually a relationship. They are like the mm-hmm. first children. Yeah. Uh, and I believe they even allude to Lucifer being one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's the first time we get, like, we, we've known about them, but this right. is the first time we really get, like... They're leaning into the familial bonds of the mm-hmm. angels, archangels, mm-hmm. and God. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're definitely seeing that. And and I also have, if we're talking about Cass, you know, you mentioned that he was asking Cass if he was okay, but, like, literally at every point, as soon as Dean found out that Cass was also in TV land or, like, kicked out of TV land, mm-hmm. he kept asking, where's Cass? Bring yeah. back Cass. House cast. Like, that was his main concern. Yeah. Yeah. Sam's here. He has herpes. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) He's good. Honestly, if he just had herpes instead of uh, demon blood, it'd be great. (laughs) Herpes is manageable, you know? Like, just saying. Listen to the commercial. That's what what Sam explains to us. (laughs) Medical science. Still play basketball. Absolutely. Uh, I now want to see the Herbexia ad for demon blood. <laughs> oh, oh Do my you gosh. suffer with demon blood? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to come up with a pun. Yeah, I couldn't think of a good name for it either. Gosh, it'll mm. be two days from now and I'll have a great pun. <laughs> I'll be waiting for the message on Discord. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say we'll get a message at some point. It's this! <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, so, like, at the... so. The reveal, right? Uh, Gabriel tells Sam and Dean to play their roles. Um, in the context of this episode, like, I'm kind of wondering if you see playing their role as stepping into an identity or stepping away from an identity. Because I have thoughts about that. Whoa. Ooh. Into, I'd, right? That's a, good que- that's a good question. That's a very good question. <laughs> She's really good at this, okay? Like, the number of times she does this to me, and I'm like, I had a firmly held belief that you've now thrown it up in the yeah. air completely by asking one yeah. question. <laughs> you just did that right now. That's what grad school will do to you. 
You and your edumacation. <laughs> I don't think one can do one without the other. That was too many ones. I don't know if you can step into an identity without leaving at least a little bit of one behind. Mm-hmm. As soon as I say that, I think the the ultimate ultimate enlightenment would be accommodating all <laughs> of your identities simultaneously. But if one of your identities is in direct conflict mm-hmm. with another one of, oh no, I won't start the apocalypse. That is a right. fundamental thing to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like to me, like when, like when you when the idea of play your roles is first said by Gabriel, my thought is there is like a destiny written for the two of you yeah. to be the vessels step into the roles you were written to be in stop fighting this but then it can be taken the other way when you think about staying in your roles it stay true to who you are and not play the part that someone else wrote for you mm-hmm. be yourself mm-hmm. so it can be taken both ways perfectly yeah I think that's the ultimate irony is that it comes from Gabriel who's like I just fucking left I just did my own thing I went yep. I went to clown school for a bit and dad would disown me and he's really disappointed (laughs) and stuff like that. Like that's, that's his definite vibe, right? In terms of family Mm -hmm. dynamics. I, I see it as stepping into because, uh, if we reference question number, uh, 11 on the sheet, uh, there's there's something. (laughs) They're not numbered. (laughs) They're not. not, uh, (laughs) Maybe uh, I should have numbered them. It would have made it easier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I think there's something referencing like, like who do we, do we believe that, Sam is Lucifer and Dean is Michael and, and what, how are they different from those two? And it seems like it's implied by Gabriel that Sam would be Lucifer. I mm-hmm. would, I would think in the idea that he's a reluctant son. He's the son who doesn't want to follow dad's plan, who wanted nothing to do with it is reluctantly brought into it. And because of his like, because I'm a Star Wars nerd, because of his unbalance in the forest, like, yeah. like, like, really fucks the whole thing up and rebels in a very, very bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Dean, uh, so haphazardly wants to follow into the, the plan that is laid out for him. That like mm-hmm. he loses himself. He like just blindly follows dogma, and maybe for the not betterment of humanity, as he's been like led to believe. And so I would argue that it's stepping into, at least as it's implied by Gabriel. I think I think it's the writers and Mary now asking this same question. Mm. It's I think <laughs> this is the question. It, is it's the crux of what I assume will be the arc for the for the season, or at least the next several episodes in that it's asking, will it change? Will it be stepping into your identity or will it be like not conforming with it? Like it's the, mm-hmm. it's, it's the idea of, yes, you are destined to have conflict as the uh, supernatural beings that we have told you you are, but also as brothers, you have conflict. And so it's how are you going to deal with that ultimately decides which path they're going to take with the other one i feel so i feel like it's both it's both stepping in and away from oh you guys are mm-hmm. good college students saying that's trick. yeah you just got you yes, just gotta say it's and. both yes yes no. I, I like i like all the possibilities because the world is nuanced really it's great <laughs> I mean, you, you're saying it with that voice but it's true so. <laughs> Come we to want say, as, a, as a postmodernist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What does that mean? Uh, Matt's been saying it to me for years. <laughs> I still don't know. It's uh, I, if I can I explain can really... it really, really quickly to you, so that you know. It literally oh, yeah. just means that like people see people who call themselves postmodernists believe that y- there is no unique truth, and that the world is seen from a multiple, from like infinite oh, yeah. different perspectives. Oh, yeah. um, and so, what may be true to me may not be true to you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's how most so should be. one. Working with children for so long, that's how I got through a lot of it, was just agreeing with everyone because everyone's right. It's just easier <laughs> to And two, did you just confirm multiverse theory? <laughs> oh, um, sidestepping that for a second because I'm, <laughs> I'm not into the philosophy of physics. But I think, I honestly think that like this episode really is asking the brothers, who are you? And yes. are you ready to play this role? And like, I think that when you're, 
at a crossroads to kind of use the verbiage of the show, mm. you're literally kind of confronted with who do you want to be? Because each of them would have a really easy time stepping into this role that's been laid out for them. But it then becomes a choice of like, is this who I want to be? Mm-hmm. And therefore, will it become who I am? And so the choice is not like, who am I, but who do I want to be? And I think that this there's a nuance there that um, hasn't really been there in the past. You know, like yeah. that idea of free will kind of coming in here. Yeah, I was just going to say free will sounds like the 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 phrase to use here. It's they're being told their destiny, but also they are autonomous within that destiny. Hence, mm-hmm. free will. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much that whole destiny versus free will. Mm-hmm. He's like, here are the rules laid out for you versus the roles you can choose to take. Is it free will or is it destiny? And then, I mean, the, that can spiral into so many more questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> it can go into the, but that, the, the But that is the core question yeah. right now. Yeah, exactly, the choices yeah. you think you're making of free will actually take you towards the destiny that mm-hmm. you sought to avoid. And they've worked really hard to try to avoid destiny so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, the idea of like parallels in biblical stories and the brothers is not new to the series from memory. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't they have the mark of Cain and Abel already? That's that a little a bit later. Oh shit. But yes, no, it's fine. Don't worry. <clears throat> Cultural oh, osmosis is a tattoos. thing. <laughs> yeah, they got tattoos, but also like it's it's there, right? Like it's very obvious. They're brothers. They're mm. there's a lot of Bible stories around mm-hmm. here. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's it's not something that I guess will be new. <laughs> My bad. But they're rebels. <laughs> like they don't conform a lot. Like there's isn't haven't they already met other monster hunters? And every other monster hunter is like, you don't you don't play by the books, do you, Gaz? You're you're. A <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I think he mentions Cain and Abel in his speech. Mm. I think he does. I I, think he might he not. Does. Yeah. Okay. okay. And I haven't spoiled anything, Drew. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I know. I know that we, as like a podcast, have brought up the Cain and Abel story and how there will be some ties to it down the road. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I, so I, that's why I think it, like, it, it clicked when Gabriel mentioned it in his kind of like play your part speech he gives, which is just beautiful. Like that man yeah. can speak. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, no, we really, like, we're hitting, like, we're, this really feels, I think, Matt, you put it well, and I kind of, I have that same assumption. This is very much going to be our, like, question for the season, and we're going to see how they both handle it. And I know mm-hmm. we had that past episode where we kind of saw, like, an alternate end of the universe timeline, where Sam stepped into the role and became Lucifer's vessel, and Dean did not take the Michael vessel. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. see that there's at least a possible future where they don't have to make the same choice. Yeah. Which now means we know that there's a possibility they don't make the same choice going forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they introduce the trickster who in many different cultures and mythologies is a messenger, right? We've talked about this on the podcast before. That happens in many indigenous cultures, but also Hermes is uh, the messenger of the gods who is also a trickster. Um, and, in this case, they made the trickster the Archangel Gabriel, who is also, biblically, the messenger. He's the one who tells Mary that she is going to be the mother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so in this episode, he's the one telling the brothers that they are yeah. destined for this. He, he informs them of their destiny. I love this. Huh, I did not know that. Um, something <clears throat> that um, Drew mentioned earlier was that the trickster isn't the trickster. He's actually Gabriel. So yeah. from this, a more clear understanding of the trickster, no, he was both. He was holding yes. both of these in one in each hand equally in the sense that he is still Gabriel, mm-hmm. um, but also he is operating fully and effectively as a trickster. Playing with identities. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's allowed not to even have, picking a role, right? Yeah. He's a, that's exactly what I was going to say. He's allowed even, to have the multiple identities and the fluidity yeah. there, whereas he's demanding the complete opposite from the brothers. Mm-hmm. He wants binary. Oh, shit. Also, they call me Gabriel. Yeah. They call me Gabriel. Like the, wow. the distinction of what I am referred to as this by them, mm-hmm. which I do mm-hmm. think a lot of tricksters have as this 
this group calls me this to this group I show myself as an old man in a robe, but I'm a goat over here. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I feel like, I feel like so many cultures, the, the trickster is often a shapeshifter because it just goes hand in hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So having our trickster actually be an archangel, but it's still technically a trickster, but wasn't the trickster was an archangel. So in itself was a trickster. Like mm-hmm. it, it's very meta and self-referential. Mm-hmm. But it works really well. And it's interesting that he's demanding a rigid identity from Sam and Dean because, Mm. you know, of basically because of God, because of God's story. So, like, it's, again, the father imposing rigid identities upon his his children. Mm. Dean. Mm Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> the moral the moral of the show is dads suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for Bobby. Ooh, I mean that's good. the moral of a lot of uh, Eric Kripke's shows frankly. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> the boys. If you've seen oh. the boys, I was going to oh. say if you've seen the boys. <laughs> Daddy issues galore. Also tough job Gabriel. He's got a tough, tough job. job. No wonder he went yeah. trickster. You know? Right. No, that's what makes uh-huh. him such a, a well-written yeah. character is you totally understand his side of it. Yeah. Even if you're with yeah. even if you're with the brothers, it's still like, yeah, yeah. I get why you're behaving like yeah, this. Yeah, if the if, if your boss was like, All right, you gotta tell Mary that she's pregnant, she has no choice in the matter. She's, All right, now you gotta tell these two brothers that they're doomed and the apocalypse yeah. is coming. Tough job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell this young woman that she's pregnant out of wedlock mm. in a time yeah. when that's illegal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's she's in danger. Um, that's your job. Have fun. Yeah, yeah. it's like he's walking around life, going, "Look, I'm. You, you give me all these messages to deliver. Someone's yeah. liable to shoot me. Yeah. Can you can you just tell me to go wish someone a happy birthday, please? <laughs> <laughs> please. You gotta have some Never nice once. messages. Never once. All right, I guess I'm going to turn into a goat now. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like witness protection. Why did he have to go into witness protection? What happened with that? Yeah. I don't well, I feel like he's hi- I feel like I get the gist that he's probably hiding from his brothers. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing there's not like bad blood per se, but like his abandoning his post, I think it might have put him in like a bad place with the other archangels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Drew. I agree with you. I'm speculating the in the exact same way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, he's hiding. He I, doesn't want to be the other arcs. I know we're surrounded by three people who know exactly what happens. <laughs> I, I'm trying to piece it together, and I can't remember for the life of me, so I'm also going to speculate <laughs> at this point. Uh, Welcome to every episode of this podcast. <laughs> I have a theory, and Mary going, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The angels are boring, though, too, aren't they? They're just gray suits. They're just bureaucrats, you know? I, I can't remember where it was said. I think I might be doing a live show, but I compared them to the pixies from Fairly Odd Parents. Yes, <laughs> we're pixies, we're pixies. Do you remember that rap? Um, anyways. Oh, I, just, I watched it recently, too, because nice. of that. I'm looking it up. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're just bureaucrats, um, so you would hide from them, wouldn't you? You probably yeah, got some forms yeah. to sign. You know, you probably did away. something out of date. Running away from the IRS, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> no, yeah, pay like, your taxes. They're very business cash. They're very, like, business. It's weird. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Very stoic. And he doesn't... Gabriel doesn't dress like them, right? Like, even no, when no. he is revealed, quote-unquote, yeah. as Gabriel, like, he stays... He's the black sheep of the family. Yeah. yeah. Mm. My theory is... also a biblical is... thing, I think, maybe? No? What, Sorry? The, the, bla- the Bible? <laughs> is... Isn't the black ba- sheep ba- ba- also like black a Bible sheep, thing? The nursery rhyme that's in the Bible. I mean, that's a nursery rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the Bible. I wouldn't know. You can tell me it is. I believe you. Okay, I've been looking a lot at wool spinning, and black wool looks beautiful. <laughs> it does. The old sayings yeah. are wrong. I was waiting so for the tie-in to like the show or like yeah. the Bible, and yeah. it's just like, no, black wool's gorgeous. It's You're beautiful. not wrong. It's gorgeous. Sorry. As a fellow <laughs> as a fellow knitter, I completely agree. I love black wool. It's as a gorgeous. What? Knitter? I knit. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> You're um, more of a crochet, aren't you, Audrey? You I do. Uh, I crochet. Oh, I've got I've gotten into Tunisian. We crochet in this family. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm touched. embarrassed to say I don't know the difference between knitting and crochet. Oh, and I, I feel still like I'm don't. gonna get a hit for that one. <laughs> We'll, we'll start a separate Zoom call. We'll take you through. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be our post show. It'll be a stitch and bitch. It'll be lovely. <laughs> yes. So 
in different branches of philosophy, there's like this idea that we all sort of feel a sense of otherness uh, within ourselves. So like, I think that every angsty teenager uh, has felt this way, right? Like, and we all, I, I mean, I'm making jokes, but I think it's just like the truth of the human condition. Like we all feel a little different and a little awkward and like we don't fit in sometimes. And on this show, Sam, Dean, and Cass have all shown us in previous episodes that they feel that sense of otherness within themselves. Um, and I kind of wonder, like, how we see that showing up in this episode. I, I kind of found it tough to think about this in terms of the three leads, just because they're being told so much about themselves Mm-hmm. in this episode and it, it's things that they might not want to conform to and go along with but they're getting lots of revelations about their identity and their place mm-hmm. in the universe so i think even though and i'm the person least equipped to answer this question uh, <laughs> they may have experienced otherness at a previous time but i think in this episode even if they are experiencing it they're also getting the antidote to that otherness even if it's but it's def- it's not the antidote they want to hear at That's, all. Oh, okay. I was, I was about to say, I'm going to go very talk showy. And I find that really interesting because the entirety of the episode, especially in the beginning, there's a huge amount of uncomfortability from both of them of just like, so we're being told that we're being put into these roles and we know what the roles are and we know how to play them, but there's a constant reluctance from their delivery and the situations that they're in where <clears throat> even when Sam is Kit and they're like, I don't know, two or three TV shows in, Mm. he's kind of going like, well, I think we could do this or maybe we should do this. And Dean's also kind of questioning their, their dynamic has sharply turned from, we read a book uh, that had the MacGuffin and the exact solution that we needed. And now we're going to execute to constantly questioning themselves and what they're supposed to do. And then also what's coming up next. So I think like, I think I relate to this where I was told like a life plan and it was very simple according to the person who was or the people that were laying it out and they're like, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And then kind of constantly doing it and going like, what the fuck is this? This sucks. <laughs> Am I allowed to cuss on the show? Yeah. Uh, you have yeah. already okay. done it like four times. Great. So <laughs> don't I, I really anymore. hope so. I don't notice it anymore. I apologize deeply. It's um, all good. Yeah, but it's definitely just like, why am I doing this? And I kind of hate it and it doesn't feel great. And I kind of mm. got that mm-hmm. just throughout the entire entirety of the episode. What's the yeah. last TV show that they do? Before uh, they is, it the pre- is it the procedural? Is it the cop one or is it the Knight Rider one? Oh, I think it's, I think it's, it's the, the Knight Rider. I think Rider. it goes, yeah, I think Knight Rider is the last one. Okay. Because okay. that's where they set fire to the holy oil. Uh, it's in front right. of Dean. Yeah. That is right. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're still, even then, they're still kind of, stuttering and questioning and and not too sure of the solutions that they're coming up with they're just kind of shooting the breeze and and seeing what works and what sticks uh maybe the procedural cop one is when they feel the most comfortable in their roles but they're just kind of being they're just being silly they're just being dumb right like i don't i don't think (laughs) that really counts they're just boys being boys yeah yeah Yeah, i kind of see it almost as like so back to the point you made of being like feeling otherness I feel like the way that so many people, and I mean, I use myself as an example, uh, especially like in on that high school teenage years, you kind of cope with it, is by trying to fit in, mm-hmm. finding your group and trying to play your role. So literally, they are the others in these shows being forced to play a role mm. just to fit in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is ultimately what Gabriel wants them to do is, I don't care if you want to do it or not, here's your role, do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. For so long being told that your role is to hunt monsters and then to have that role be suddenly switched. Yeah. Has got to be jarring and to feel like. I'm trying to think of another word other than othering. Like, no, I had kind of settled into who I was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not being able to express that. Right. Because I don't know Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character too personally. But I feel like if Dean was like, Dad, come watch Dr. Sexy with me, he wouldn't approve. No. <laughs> would no. not be happy. I don't think happy. so either. Would I don't think he has that. service. Um. He would send him off to go kill the ghost of a gay doctor or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As punishment. It's not the fact uh. that he's gay. It's the fact that he's a ghost. Just please let me. <laughs> the let fact me. that he's a doctor. <laughs> it's the fact that he's a doctor, yeah. They couldn't save Mary. <laughs> I, I, I think... To your, to your question, Mary, this is this is like 
most interesting from Gabriel's perspective and looking at Gabriel's otherness that his monologue of like feeling like he doesn't fit into win- within his own pantheon and he's like trying to escape that oh. is ultimately what's causing all of the problems for Sam and Dean and Cass right now in that he's letting his his uncomfortability, for lack of a better word, his lack of feeling comfortable. Discomfort? Uh, his discomfort, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> his, his dis- just that's inve- what just I'm here inventing for. words instead that's of saying the ones I'm that exist. <laughs> his discomfort with his own identity is what's causing all of the problems for everyone else. His, he's allowing his trauma to affect other people, basically, oh, which wow. is the, the yeah. ultimate sign of an antagonist, I feel. Mm-hmm. Or I, think I love that. I. I think there's also the thing of his, what his identity is versus what he's being told his identity or the identity he was given and told. It was like, Mm -hmm. you are an archangel. This is your role. X, Y, Z. But I have chosen trickster. Yeah. Yeah. That's, this is better for me. Yeah. And I find it so interesting again, because on this show, we've talked a lot about like trauma that's being passed on to others, right? Like trauma Mm -hmm. happens to you, to one of the characters and then they pass it on to another character. And I find that this is exactly what's going on here, right? Like he, Gabriel had been told like, you are an archangel. This is what you do. This is your role. Mm -hmm. And now because he is so discontent with his role, he is now passing on that trauma to the Winchester boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If yeah. I have to do my role, you two do too. Exactly. Ba- oh. Basically that. Yep. Brutal. Good observation, man. He just wanted to sing and dance, but now <laughs> people are upset. Yep. Uh, we all just want to sing and dance, Gabriel, but this is wrong. <laughs> this is the wrong way to do it. <laughs> That's very true. We all just want to sing and dance. Is there, <laughs> is there anything else from this episode that like you'd like to bring up that we haven't talked about yet? I think the comedic timing of the ghost in that intro is just fantastic. I just want to, he doesn't say a goddamn the, word. Yeah. If we're being oh. lighthearted now, then th- that entire opening credit sequence in the style of a classic oh. sitcom was oh, fantastic. Was so good. Oh, like from the full house font to like yes. the mm-hmm. custom song, everything was perfect. It's also, the tandem bike for me though. Oh my yep. gosh. That's so good. And then both falling down at the same time yes. while playing football. Um, Something else. I wrote it down. Sam was taking out the bullet in Dean. Earlier, they said he was a cerebrovascular neurosurgeon. Oh, that's why right. Why is he doing, like, why is he taking a bullet out of someone's well, back? Someone hasn't watched Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> they have any doctor like, do anything in there. But I feel like that's part of the trope, though, is like, you're just such a good doctor that it doesn't matter what the patient is, you can do it. Yeah. You can, you know... Th- you know the veins in the brain. You you can figure out the back. It's just bigger. It's like <laughs> one of those zoomed out maps. <laughs> Spine, brain, one is just long and bony. It's the same thing. It's gotta be a joke in Grey's Anatomy, right? Oh, you've gotta perform surgery right now. But I'm a veterinarian and I don't even work here. Yeah. Right? Like that's gotta be a thing that's happening. Right? They must have hit that around about season uh, 17 or something. I mean, there so is a veterinarian have... literally that is on the show at one point. Hospital? <laughs> he's just there? Uh, he's is dating Meredith Grey, actually. Oh, he's, oh, he's dating okay. someone. I should have known he's dating yeah. someone. I thought... Do the other doctors look down on him for being not a real doctor? Absolutely, they do. <laughs> okay, but... God, but then when a horrible tragedy happens on a farm, they're going to call him to so help, <laughs> help, help save all the cows. Okay, but a lot <laughs> of animals... Only someone could save all of these horses. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I thought you were legitimately going to say an emergency at a farm. Yeah. Just a farmer has fallen down. <laughs> they call a veterinarian. <laughs> You're close by. <laughs> he works for animal life. Okay, purpose. I'm from a small town. That's not far <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, doctor's 40 minutes away, but Doc Moore's down at the church. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, listen, I'm just sometimes Any it's the same the drugs, right? It's just a question of dosage. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> He's a half a horse. I give him half a horse right now. <laughs> which half? Which half? <laughs> right I, down, right down the middle, straight of the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how those costumes Hamburger. work. I've, I've seen those Halloween costumes. <laughs> Hamburger style, not hot dog. <laughs> I mean, hot dog, not hamburger. Is that how you ate your yeah, horses yeah, okay. back in back in your small town? <laughs> no, we had them with ketchup. That doesn't answer the question nope. whether you have a hamburger <laughs> no, or hot dog no. style. 
Well, something I, I also liked about the episode, <laughs> a, little, a little extra comment, um, <laughs> is that I, I loved right at the end when, when Dean turned back. Let me just find where this is on the... Uh, yeah, where Dean turned back to Gabriel and said something along the lines of this isn't a, about a battle between brothers. It's about you being afraid to stand up to your own family. I was just mm-hmm. like, ooh, mm. I don't know much about this show, but that seems like projection. That seems like <laughs> Dean Dean knows that truth because that's how he, like his relationship with his father, his relationship mm-hmm. with Sam a lot of the time, like he just doesn't stand up to his family. And so he completely understands that emotion and the, the position that Gabriel's in. Mm-hmm. Has Jeffrey Dean Morgan wow. showed up in Drew's viewings yet? Oh yeah. In what? Sorry. Oh Drew, yeah. As he's... you've seen the show thus far, has he shown up, Jeffrey Dean Morgan? He shows up in the first two seasons. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think by season three he stops appearing. He's only mentioned. Yeah. The only other mm-hmm. time that we see Dean just go like super not regular Dean is when Jeffrey Dean Morgan shows up. He anything Daddy says, Dean yeah. does in an instant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember mm-hmm. that from season one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I always saw that as like, you know, seeing as I can't, you know, and, and they, they, they even talk about it on another episode after where he's like, you know, I think Sam goes that, well, you are pretty butch. People think like you're probably overcompensating. And like, I always kind of saw that part of his identity that way, where like he was so, so, so erased by his dad that like in almost every other aspect of his life, he tries to take up as much space as he can with a fake personality that he puts on, Mm. like in order to be the man that his father wants him to be in those spaces. And yet like we don't actually know who the real Dean is. So I really love oh, that sorry. observation. You're talking about Dean. I thought you were talking about Gabriel for a second there. Cause that sounds very familiar. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, on this fake personality being as big as yeah. possible. So, the so parallels yeah. between those two more and more now. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I never actually thought about it that way, but yeah, I love that idea that he's projecting. <laughs> I never thought about it. I love it. Holy moly. Matt's wow. That's a lot of this episode. Yeah. It was a big episode. That's the thing, because like, it's one of those, oh, it's just a silly episode. But no, like, there's so much stuff in there. Yeah. <gasps> anyway. And so much came from, like, the funnier side versus the serious ending side. Yeah. 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 But I think that that's the one thing that Supernatural is really good at. Like, it it is able to weave a narrative within, like, the silliest of stories. So, anyway. I, yeah, I no, they... T- to just add to that real quick, they were able to call Sam a brilliant coward right to his face and it fit within the context <laughs> of the scene they were doing. Because I feel like that's the subtext of, of who he is as a character, is a brilliant coward. You brilliant coward slap. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Think, like, audience members will have wanted to do that to Sam, right? Well, especially coming out of season four. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Drew is still very mad at him, actually. We can't oh, talk still, about Sam. I, I've still got some feelings about Sam that are unresolved. <laughs> he's, he's doing better, but I still want to give him a good... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant coward, brilliant coward. Mm-hmm. Brilliant coward, for sure. So usually when we conclude our episodes, we do like a quick reflection and a call to action. And we've done a lot of reflecting today. But if we were to take like one lesson... Or if each of us were to take one lesson out of this episode and apply it in our real lives, um, what like what do you feel called to do? And maybe Drew, you can get us started. I mean, yeah, I have a fairly. Uh, I feel like these. I, I tend to try to find something really like personal and really click with. And I think this one kind of hit me really quickly. Was the and as blunt as it might sound, just the like, you know, embracing who you are. Like, you don't need to be told who you are. You don't need to fill in a role just because you were raised a certain way or certain people told you you to be a certain thing. You can be who you want to be. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a huge, like, I need to change what I'm doing. I feel like it's something I do very well already. But it's just nice to remind myself once in a while that, like, I don't need to fill someone's role. I could be me. And if that's not good enough, pshaw. Yeah. <laughs> I I think that's fantastic, Drew. And I'm, I'm going to build on that and say, like, screw destiny surprise yourself today like if if you're thinking you're sort of stuck in a bit of a rut and you might maybe it's not necessarily to do with identity it could just be do something you might not normally do just kind of like stick stick two fingers up to destiny this is Mm -hmm. it's it's your time to surprise and I, i think i mean surprise yourself not in a way of like 
give yourself a gift or something. I think I mean do something you might not normally do. I think you've confused Jason with the line about throwing up two fingers of destiny because I think it's a oh, very British thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, wait, which, which, which two you've never, fingers You've am never I doing? flicked the Vs? You never... Are we doing a shocker to destiny? No. That's three fingers. No. <laughs> Give destiny the shocker. That's Jason's takeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my takeaway my take is to sing and dance. Yeah, that, that's better. <laughs> that's right. better. Sing and dance. Okay, my takeaway my takeaway was going to build off of Matt's that is building off of Drew's. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Um, so much of this episode is kind of what people are telling people they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine would be to kind of maybe sit with some things that are you think are maybe inherent to you, but are they a story that somebody else is telling you? Mm. <laughs> like maybe try to in, investigate that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Cause maybe there's some things about you that like you've just been telling yourself, Oh, X, Y, or Z. And maybe when you sit down with it, you're like, I was told that when I was a kid and maybe that's not, Maybe, maybe actually it's A, B, and C. Maybe it's A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe. Because um, we, are, we are so, like, our minds are so strong that mm-hmm. they can help us grow in any way, but they are so strong, they're going to hold on to my role is this. Mm-hmm. They're going to, Gabriel, my role is to bring on the apocalypse. Um, and so maybe, maybe just challenge some of those. Surprise yourself. Yeah. And to I find out that. who you are. Yeah. Fantastic. And Mary, do you have one to finish us off with? I do. I I sort of think, like, especially in this episode, like, there's this idea that identity has to be, like, very loud or very apparent um, and very public also. And I, I sort of want to challenge that, at least for myself, um, because I think that there's also some parts of your own identity that you can, you are allowed to keep to yourself, mm. um, to use a phrase that I heard not too long ago, not because it's a secret, but because it's sacred. And, um, yeah, there are some parts of yourself that it's okay that you keep for just you and the people around you. And, um, your identity doesn't need to be performed. You've been listening to Carrying Wayward, a supernatural podcast produced by Rochelle Castellano and hosted by Drew Schulman and myself, Marie Vigourou. Thank you to our bunker patrons, Katira, Michelle, and Elle for their generous support. This week, we'd like to thank Matt, Audra, and Jason from The Gate Leapers for answering Mary's essay of questions. You can find them on Twitter and TikTok at Gate Leapers, and you can listen to their episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find all of our social media, coffee, and Patreon at carryingwayward.com. Carry on our wayward friends. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was so good. I wanted to keep talking for even longer, but holy shit, that was so good. Yeah. That was so much fun.